on this week's Patriot Nation podcast, football is officially back. We have we are going to be joined by Brian Morey, the executive director of the Patriots Hall of Fame. He's going to be talking about some of the things that are going on, including the induction ceremony on Monday night. We also have some camp observations from day one of Patriots practice. Yes, as I said, the Patriots are back to practice. It is officially football season. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's good. dedicated here first week of uh first day of camp wrapping up getting it done getting it done you got a little uh, little scrape tonight didn't you at, uh, uh, men's league? yeah little men's league scrap i was wondering if you're gonna bring that up i had to uh <laughs> so i work recording a little late uh you know kind of got slashed a couple times before and slashed him back and you know we kind of went toe-to-toe uh guy was a little bit bigger than me but uh we went at it first uh <laughs> Second career hockey fight. I, I call that one. I'll give him that one, but I think I'm one, I'm one and two now. So one for there two. There you go. We'll take it. There you go. So <laughs> yeah, no, dude, and it's uh, you know, it's, it happens sometimes, especially you know, guys. You know that, me. I ain't like that. No, and that's. I mean, that's the thing. You know, you get some guys, unfortunately, that you know they take uh, it a little too seriously. Serious, man. Yeah. Yeah. Guy was probably like, yeah. you know. 36 37 i'm like dude you're like i'm 22 he's telling me go home go home to mummy i'm like dude you probably have a wife and kids man you, you just fought a 22 year old right, right. It's, it's <laughs> come on man silly exactly so uh yeah I have my own i have my own special day today i took uh took my little guy johnny to pat's camp this morning yeah hoping to get, hoping to get a full day in and uh get down there and you know a little bit late we weren't super late but we we're probably about 10 minutes late uh getting in yeah how were your seats how were your seats was it were they tough it was it obviously was, people were probably tailgating on Thursday freaking monday it was but, packed it was it was completely yeah. packed it was crazy there was no standing room as a matter of fact we were so there's like they have the regular stands on the on the uh right well if you're looking at the if you're looking at the practice field on the right hand side and they yeah, have yeah. the standing room only with the grass and that was completely full and uh, then in the on the parking lot, they have like a fence up, and you can stand against the fence. And we were against the fence in the parking lot. It was so busy, it was crazy. Um, yeah, last time I went was like when they did the joint practice with the Jaguars. Yeah. I got, I think it started at ten. I got down there at like eight thirty nine with a buddy of mine, and we were like close to the front, and we were you know decent size, and we ended up being on the balcony because we wanted a better view and, yeah uh, that's honestly the place to watch it man like i was like three rows up and you see everything you can see two oh, the yeah. whole two fields so like obviously you got to get there early for that but that was my last experience there i'm obviously 
we're going to try to make it over there. We're kind of working out the kinks now for you yeah. listeners, but right. um, you know, if you're going as you know, the public, I think getting there is, is obviously the, the spot to watch it. Yeah, man. A lot of people, a lot of people go up on the uh, really, it's on the ramps really. Um, yeah, that's what, what I'm saying. About. Not the balcony. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, but I know what you mean. Right. So it's on the ramps and, and like you said, you're not as close to the action. So maybe you miss, you know, a little uh, thing, a little thing. Yeah. But like you get to see a lot more. And there's so much stuff going on down there. You know, there's usually multiple drills going on. So you can see all the stuff that are happening, uh, which is great, you know. And so anyways, we're down there and uh, we're about we've been there about five minutes. And Johnny's like, can we leave? Can we go? Can we leave? Can we go? Can we go to the hall? Can we go to the, can we go to the hall? Can we go? Let's go to the hall. My buddy, the hall is on. Is that because you? He must have listened to the uh, to the pre-recorded episode about <laughs> us hyping it up yesterday. Was he? Uh, did you? Were you hyping it up to him on the way there? Is that why? Well, you know, we've been there. My dad works there, um, and so we've been there a, right. like a hundred That's times, true. man. Yeah, and so they he, and they love yeah. it there. And there's a lot, there's so much interactive stuff, and he like so. So I'm like, dude, like, come on. Like, I want, it's all I want to do is watch practice. He's like, let's go. Come on, let's go. And I'm like, fine. So, we, anyways, we went over to the pro shop, then went was into the Nicole hall. And, uh, was Nicole and the girls at home? Uh, the girls at camp this morning. So, Nicole drove the girls to camp. Uh, and it was, so it was just me and Johnny. And I'm like, oh, perfect. I'm going to take them to camp or whatever. So, we go to the hall. We do the hall. It was great. Um, there were some new hey, things that they've added said- even since we went. You know, you just probably got, you know, maybe this year, maybe next, and then he's going to want to go and actually, like, start to watch it and understand yeah. it, and it's going to be unbelievable, man, because you get the summers off, so you, you, you can right. start this little tradition, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, oh, it's, we've been going. It's going to be so much better. We've been taking Nora since she was, when, when Nora was Johnny's age, maybe even eh, probably when Nora was Johnny's age, I took her, and she's got this little Disney Disney uh, phone uh, camera or whatever, and every time you, like, snap the picture – it like makes some like princess thing where it's like, you're as pretty as a princess, you know? And so like, <laughs> so we're sitting in the stands at Patriots camp and me and my dad are like talking about different plays and oh, here's this guy doing that or whatever. And she's like snapping photos and it's like, you look beautiful. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> but that's, I mean, they've always gone. And so they're excited to go. We're going to try to go this weekend, but it's a great take. It really is. And look, they do such a great job at i mean it's all free so like you know you got to pay for like um you know you got to pay for for concessions if when you're there if you want to but the parking is free the entrance is is free it's phenomenal and they do a great job with it and you know there's a lot of a lot of places i think the eagles have, have one public practice this year like a lot of teams don't do it and and dude the it's Patriots the amount of do. people that go too which is crazy. crazy yeah it's crazy and you know what i what really honestly what it does is like for my kids it's not worth it for them to go to a regular game i'm not going to pay 75 bucks for you know or maybe it's only 60 bucks now for a preseason game but i'm not going to pay 60 bucks for my 3 year old to go to a preseason game it's stupid you know yeah, but we if just, i can uh, take them, i'm going to nashville sorry to you up i'm going to nashville okay. in, in a couple of weeks when the pats play we, me and my buddies booked a trip a while ago, and ironically, the past play the Titans there on Saturday night, so we all bought tickets. And, dude, they're like 47 bucks, even in Nashville. Yeah. I think it's because the Pats are in town, and Brady's right. going to play at least a half. But, like, we were like, holy shit, we thought we were going to get him for, like, 10 bucks. Yeah, no, no. The the preseason games are still, you know, the 40 50 60 bucks, you know. And so that's the thing is, like, we're not going to pay all that money to take my little kids there. You know, and I think what it does is it allows the kids to see the, to see what's going on it just brings them around the team. So now they're there, they're around the team. It's such a huge part of 
you know, of building for the future. And the crafts are so forward thinking where they're always thinking about how can we build more team loyalty and brand loyalty and people. It's so are true. So they are so smart. Team, you know? They are so they are. smart over there. Yeah, they are. It's crazy. It's so, insane, man. Yeah. So anyway, so we, we went to the hall, we came back and, uh, and I got to see, uh, some of the goal line work, which was pretty cool. So I got to see a little bit of that stuff. Um, but you know, I, I wasn't there. For, I was thinking I'm going to, I'm like, all right, I'm going to be here for a while and get to see some interesting things. And, you know, luckily I follow a bunch of people on Twitter that were there, you know, a bunch of reporters and stuff. So that was good. But as far as for me personally, I didn't see much. Uh, I saw a few, few different things that I wanted that we're going to touch upon, but, but there wasn't, and I had a, and I had a busy, I had a busy day at work, so I really didn't check Twitter. The only, yeah. you know, real things I saw was uh, Atling being a receiver, Philip Dorsett saying Edelman told him to lead the group um, while he's out, and like a couple of Nikhil Harry catches, but nothing like to the specifics. So it's right. good that you at least got to see some, and, and obviously we're checking along the way. Yeah, well, let's start with Etling because that's an interesting situation. I mean, I think you look at the situation with Etling and – they draft Sidham, who's a fourth-round pick. They have Hoyer. So at and the and very... he saw the writing on the wall. You knew oh, he yeah. Had. Yeah, and I think, you know, and I think for, for the Patriots, they look at him. Here's a guy who runs like a 4-7-40. He's got pretty good agility. And so whatever, you take a shot at him. I mean, you remember the uh, the long touchdown run against the Giants. Now, now they, he completely faked everyone out. There was no one there, but he was flying down that sideline. And so, you know, that's something where you look at it and say, okay, he's not going to make the team as a wide receiver. Like that's obvious, but he could make the practice squad. <laughs> he could try to carve out a role on special teams. He, uh, you know, and if he makes a practice squad, it could be a situation where he gives them a good look when they're playing Mahomes, when they're playing the chiefs or when they're playing Houston or with the, you know, when they're playing some of these more mobile quarterbacks, you know? Right. And so no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, like the the footage I saw, man, he he didn't look bad. Like he didn't look out of place. Like you know, you see, like for instance, when you see a wide receiver play quarterback, it just doesn't look good, and vice versa. But like he didn't look out of place. He had good footwork. He it looked like he had decent hands. Like it it could be something there. Right, right, and he's taking the right approach to it. You know, he's yeah, he's here. You know, he's here just to just to play football, and he's trying to make the team, and he's doing whatever it takes to do that. And he knows that's not going to be as a quarterback, right? And so, you know, we'll see what happens. But I'm happy to to see him doing that. It's something that uh, a former number five for the Patriots, everyone wanted to see him do in Tim Tebow, and he didn't want to do it. And I think for Tebow, looking back, it makes sense. He had a brand, right? Tebow's got like a whole brand, and and he's got all these followers and stuff. And it's like, why am oh, I gonna sure. why am I gonna make do this? What just to like be a practice squad guy? That's stupid. So, but for him, for Edling, it's just trying to be around the team, trying to make the squad. And you never know, maybe he ends up being a special teams guy, or maybe he even ends up being a receiver. Like you don't know. So I think uh, what the heck, you know, take a shot at it. And and while the Patriots have them, I mean, what the heck, you know, take a shot and see what happens. So, um, so that's interesting. I think it's a, just kind of an interesting story there. Um, you mentioned the Harry, Harry looked, I mean, there's a ton of different things going on, um, but he caught a touchdown pass from Brady uh, in the red zone on 11 on 11, which was pretty good. Apparently jumped and didn't need to, but you know, it's like one of those things they did. They had some one-on-one time together. Uh, he, um, I think it was, uh, Lazar said that Evan Lazar said that he mossed the D back in the corner, uh, you know, on a corner route to the back, back pylon. So like, I was gonna... there's a, there's a lot of things that are kind of swirling around Harry right now where he looks 
the part. Now, they're not wearing pads. They're just in shells. A lot of seven on seven. And even if it's 11 on 11, you can't hit the quarterback. So, you know, you don't know exactly what it's going to look like, obviously. But it's at least, you know, it's, it's a good sign that he's dominating right now. You know, and so that's something that can hopefully carry over. And with him having the one-on-one work with Brady now, and he was doing it earlier, like he's clearly putting in the time and putting in the work. And that is, that's such a big part of the battle. Yeah. Like we talked about this a couple of shows ago, you know, when Tom Brady goes out and throws in the off season, he doesn't throw to guys that he's not going to, you know, throw to and trust in games. And Keel Harry was there. Right. And him being the first ever wide receiver drafted in the first round under Bill Belichick in the Patriot era, um, you know, the, the sky's the limit for this kid. And it was kind of curious. I know we talked about this pre-show, but it was kind of, I was kind of wondering, I saw it on Twitter. I'm not sure who put it out there, but had said that they wonder if they're going to make Harry earn it or are they going to start him with the ones? And you said he was, you know, right out there from the beginning working with Brady. I was going to ask you if you got a chance to see him live a little bit, how big and like, in long does he look? Because all his tape, like he just looks like a big, physical, long receiver. You know what I'm saying? He's pretty, yeah, he's a pretty big guy. And they have, matter of fact, it's funny. They have a lot of size at receiver now that they didn't have before. Um, you know, Inman's a pretty big guy, and Harry's a pretty big guy, and uh, Maurice Harris is a pretty big guy, and you know, so they're they're cl- that was a clear choice by them to go bigger, and we've obviously talked about that, and people have talked about that. But Harry definitely looks the part. He's definitely got some size out there, got some length. I think for me, the most impressive thing about him isn't necessarily his his size, but his body control. And that's one of those things that, you know, guys that are really elite in the league are are unbelievable at. You know, Julio Jones is one of the best I've ever seen at it. You know, Hopkins' body control is ridiculous. And so, that's like, you see reminds guys me like of a little that. Bit. Yeah, like, and so, I mean. reminds me of. Right. I mean, that's lofty, right? Obviously, you don't want to compare yeah, him. Uh, no, yeah, no, but I know what you're saying. Like it's one body, of those, yeah. Right. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, he's got the body and he has a little bit of the body control. And so that's the big thing where you say that's a huge part of being an elite receiver because a lot of times you're getting thrown into an area that's really small and you have D-backs hanging all over you and you've got to get the get the pass and get your feet down. And, you know, if he can do that type of stuff, that's really where they're going to succeed with him. And so, you know, we'll see. You never know what's going to happen, I suppose. But, um, but you know, certainly a positive outlook from the beginning. Um, yeah, and we said, too, like I, going back to our draft show, we talked about the pick and how it was kind of – we weren't really expecting that. But Bill Belichick isn't going to draft a wide receiver in the first round if he doesn't think he's an elite player right away. Like we right. talked about it you before, I think you said it when we were talking before the show, they're trying to mold him that he's their wide receiver one, mm-hmm. you know, towards the end of the year. Obviously Edelman's going to get the looks and, and the, and the plays that, you know, at the, at the right times and the clutch times. But like when they're looking, they're going to be looking at his way. That's their plan. Right. Well, and I think, I think you, you have a few different things, right? Because you look at the quarter, the, the uh, receivers they've drafted early. Right. And really it's, it's Chad Jackson. It's, Aaron Dobson, and now it's Nikhil Harry. And obviously they drafted Malcolm Mitchell, but he was the fourth-round pick. Josh Boyce, a fourth-round pick. So really, the, when you talk about receivers getting drafted early, it's those guys. I think Chad Jackson was a physical specimen that they said this kid is just his physicality is, is out of control, but he mentally just wasn't there. I think Aaron Dobson mentally was there, but physically just wasn't 
wasn't overpowering and honestly shied away from from those jump balls and yeah, shied away from yeah. contact and and Harry has both right he's got the athleticism he he wins the one-on-one battles and that was a big thing to me like that you kept hearing over and over and over and over and over again every time there's a 50-50 ball he gets it and like he's fighting for the ball it's not just like oh he makes good catches uh, you know Dobson had one or two amazing catches in college but they were like the ball gets there and he's not really fighting the fighting the corner for it like this guy's going up and ripping the ball away from corners and and that's what you want and you know he also has the work ethic and the smarts to do it and so i think you're getting a little bit of both worlds here with with harry and i think that's why he was so appealing to the patriots and you know so we'll see i mean you know obviously there's a long way to go he's one practice in but again with him being the number one guy and him getting a ton of one-on-one work you know, with, with Brady, that's huge for his development. Um, you know, and, uh, and like you said, you have Edelman who obviously can be a vocal leader off the field at this point because he's hurt, but then he's also pushing Dorsett to be a leader. And then you have other guys that are trying to make the squad like Berrios is, is trying to make the squad and, uh, you know, Gunnar Olszewski who, um, just, yeah. And Dontrell Inman and you got, um, Maurice the kid Harris, Ryan, Ryan Davis, Maurice Harris, you get tons and tons and tons of players. And so I think for, for me, and just to get away from Harry for a second, like Gunner had a really nice day today. He popped on some kick returns. Now, obviously kick returns, there's no hitting, right? So it's like, how much can you really tell on kick returns? But he was doing kick return work. He had some nice plays in the passing game. Uh, and obviously that's with like the twos and threes. So it's not, he's not playing against ones, but even still, He's still out there looking good, and he looks shifty and and quick, and so that's a good thing. And Ryan Davis had a, had a great catch uh, in the back of the end zone, uh, like a diving catch. He's another kid who great kick returner, great punt returner. I believe, I believe he has the most receptions in the history of Auburn football, um, and a lot of that is like quick screen passes. And so, you know, he's one of those like quick twitch guys where he's maybe a little bit more quick than fast. Um, and he does certainly have speed on him, but he's a, he's a quick guy and, you know, first, first cut and everything like that. So we'll see really what it comes down to. But I think for me personally, I look at it and say, okay, maybe Barrows makes the team. I, I think, I'm, I think we're pretty confident about that. I think they want him to make the team. And then, so that's up to him. And then I think maybe one of Davis or Olszewski will make the team. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce Gunnar's last name. I don't really care to be honest with you, but you know, Gunnar, Gunnar or Ryan Davis is going to make the team. I think just as a kick returner, a punt returner, you got to get it. I know it really is, dude. He, I, they drafted him and I'm like, he's from like a D three college. He played corner. Sign him, in, sign him. UDFA. Yeah. Well, that's what I meant. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. So they, you know, he's from like a D three college. He played corner in in college now he's playing wide receiver and so it's just kind of funny how they transition him and and all of a sudden now he's getting the, getting these looks and stuff and so we'll see like i wouldn't be surprised to see both of those guys be practice squad guys but you know you never know so um you know you do not want edelman returning punts like i know edelman's a great punt returner i love edelman as a punt returner but i don't want him back there he's too important to the offense to have him back returning too fragile punt. too fragile you know and that well that's the thing i mean you know if he goes down now, the way he runs, rude. the way he runs, yeah, right. the way he, he runs no, and stuff, he doesn't care. He has no, he doesn't, he doesn't think about his body. He just, he just goes, and so like you can't risk him getting injured on a punt return. It's just not worth it. So, 
you have one of these guys, whether it's Berrios or Davis or Gunner, one of these guys returning punts, or even, you know, Nikki, well, maybe not Nikhil Harry, but I know he's done it. Uh, he did it a little bit in college, but, you know, you have one of these guys returning punts, so you don't have to have Edelman doing it, and you can kind of move on from there. And so, you know, we'll see what happens there. I think that a lot of people are complaining about their wide receiver depth, but what they don't take into consideration is the fact that Josh Gordon is 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 going to come back at some point. It's going to happen as long as he's in the right frame of mind, which I think he's working towards that. So I think Gordon's going to come back. They're going to be totally fine. They're going to be fine at wide receiver. They're like stacked, man. Yeah. Stacked. And so that like, yeah. not, not, not stacked, but I'm saying in like in in retrospect, like to people who think, you know, there's still some people out there that think they're really thin there. Like Edelman, right. Harry, you know, Harry's going to be fine. He's going to figure it out. Right. It might take him a little bit, but he's he's right. going to be getting targets week one. You know, if Gordon comes back and Dorsett's been pro- – he's proven to be a reliable receiver. He's made some big catches over the last couple of years. I'm so glad they brought him back. Yeah, me too. And I don't know. I mean, he's another guy that's – Great depth guy. Great depth guy. Well, a guy we haven't even mentioned who's on the pup list right now is Demarius Thomas. And so, you know, yeah. you don't know what he's going to what he's gonna look like coming back from the Achilles injury. But, you know, if he is able to come back from the Achilles injury, now you have another – receiver who's a proven outside receiver and again like you know who knows if he's lost a step or doesn't have it or you know we don't know that so but it's you know it's it's definitely there's a lot of question marks but it's a really solid group and so i think that that's i agree that's, man. i do one of the other solid groups is linebacker linebacker is just they are just loaded there um and it was great to see um it was great to see jamie collins out there he looked good jawan bentley was running with the ones it was bentley and hightower it was actually Bentley, Hightower, and Collins running with the ones. Um, and they they all looked great. Uh, Bentley was covering people out of the back. And, again, it's like one of those things where, like, he's there. He would have made the tackle, but he doesn't because they're in shells. So it's like, yeah, it looks like he got beat. But in actuality, he's going to make the play. He just can't because they're not wearing full pads. And so, you know, that's one of those things where it's hard to kind of see the linebackers making a difference. It's hard to see the D line making a difference, but you know, those guys they they have a lot of depth there. And so we'll see what happens uh, over the course of time, but you know, uh, Brady looked good. I thought Jared Stidham. I was surprised at how good and how poised he looked in the pocket. Um, there were a few plays where he, uh, that's what I love, man. I love watching quarterbacks. That's why I like going to this practice. I mean, you get to see Brady, right. And, even watching yeah. any quarterback, I think that those are the guys you watch. Are just the way they, like you said, sit in the pocket, throw a nice ball, like how their ball looks, their release. Right. Like I love watching quarterbacks. We had a nice. He had a really nice play where um, they they disguised the blitz until the very end, and he saw it coming at the very end and checked to check to a double slant, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, stepped up in the pocket and just and just rifled it right to Jacoby Myers, and and Myers actually got hit by Harmon as he, as he was catching it, but held on at the goal line. He was like, he would have been short of a touchdown, but, but he held on at the goal line. And so, you know, that's the type of thing that you like to see. Like they disguised the blitz until the very end. He, he read it. He saw it coming. He called he called for the hot route and then he hit the guy that he needed to hit. And so I think that those are things that you're looking for. And again, first practice, like we don't know that, you know, there's no live bullets coming anywhere, like, you know, whatever, but regardless, again, it's, it's, how do they look now? Because if they look like crap now, you know, it's, it's kind of like, Oh man, that's not, doesn't bode well for the future. Now, obviously they, they're going to coach them up and they're going to look at film and they're going to go through the whole thing and learn the playbook and everything else. But 
you know, you want to see those physical traits coming out right at the beginning. And I think that's really what we're seeing, which is good because Patriots haven't had like skill players like that in a long time. And so, um, you know, those are going to be some guys that, that could be impact guys. I think uh, Malik Gant's another guy that, and again, it's, I, you know, from a safety position, it's hard to tell, right? Because he's playing safety, it, you know, in a, in a situation here, it's like not, you know, it's just not the same. Um, but he's a guy that I'm excited about seeing as well. And so uh, he has a little bit of Rodney Harrison who we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about with Brian a little bit uh, coming up after this. But, you know, it's it's going to be fun. And uh, get down to camp. If you haven't been to camp, get down there. Um, it's a lot of fun. The, the parking is free. The entrance is free. And you kind of, you know, they have standing room. They have they have bleacher seats. They have a bunch of stuff. And if you if you're into the whole autograph thing, they have autographs afterwards. Not everyone signs every day, but they have like different players and coaches sign on different days. And so you and that's not something you can look up. You just you're just there. And so you know you can go down and try to get some autographs if you really want to and stuff, which is cool. So if you're into that, you know, do that. If your kids are into it, you know, you can do that too. I'm not. I'm like whatever, dude. Like autographs are fine, but I'm just not. I'm not waiting in line for 20 minutes to get an autograph. I don't. I don't care that much. And so. Um, but what's nice is at the end of practice, people stand up and they go to the front of the line to, to, um, to get autographs, like right on the, right on the wire there. And then a lot of seats in the bleachers open up because they get out of those seats and then walk down to the middle. So, so then there's seats in the bleachers towards the end of practice, even if you didn't get into the bleachers before, uh, before the end of practice, which is nice. So, uh, you're able to do that. Also one quick note, which I thought was interesting. Bill was running Hills today. I don't know if you heard this or not. Uh, Belichick was out there running hills. I think they said he no ran. No way, really? Oh you know, yeah, I think he said he ran. They ran. Uh, he ran like seven hills after practice. He was just he was out there running too, and that's what they're doing, man. They're all out there getting better, and they're pushing themselves to uh, to get better. And and uh, it's dude, it's this is the best time of year. This is like for me, this such is, a beast. Uh, oh yeah, I love this time of year. I can't wait. The anticipation, yeah. man. I mean, especially oh. for you. Well, that's great. I mean, football is just back, dude. It's like that's it, man. It's like now we're here. Like we don't have to worry about the stupid Red Sox anymore. We can stop worrying about the Bruins losing in game seven. Like we don't have to think about any of that. It's just like, it's football season, you know? And uh, it's uh dude. Amazing. Amazing. So anyways, I, I think that's I it. I think that's all we got, right? Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add about, about camp? No, we touched upon it all. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously update and keep, uh keep at it. Like I said, we're trying to get down there and, Try to get the yeah. press passes, maybe get a little more access than we, we normally could. But be I mean, nice. regardless, we're going to be – Pat will be down there a little bit more than me, but we'll be covering it um, leading up to week one. Yeah, I'm going to try to get down there Saturday. I don't know if you're around, Spags. Well, I'll try to get, I'm going to try to get that down, down there Saturday. Ooh, we might have to talk about that after the show. I think I think we might be able to make that work. Yeah. So, listen, if you're going to be there, we'll tweet it out too. But if you're going to be there, you know, shoot us a shoot us a tweet, shoot us a DM, and let us know, you know, because uh, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely Yeah, both our DMs are open. Love to, love to meet you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So anytime, you know, um, also like if anything does come up like Philip Dorsett, uh, in, um, in what's it called in, uh, in goal line made a nice catch and then came fell awkwardly and his knee didn't look great. And everyone was like, Oh my God. And he was like on the ground afterwards. And then he got up, popped up and, you know, just kind of walked it off a little bit and it was, he was fine. I uh, went right back. Yeah, I, don't even think he I didn't know play. that. Like, oh my God, dude. I'm sitting there like freaking out, but he was fine, thank God, but it was just one of those moments where you're like, oh no. So if there are any things like if there are any things that happen, you know, anything that, you know, whether it's a big 
transaction in in this or whether it's an injury or some sort of big update or whatever we'll do some sort of like quick kind of emergency pod where we'll do like 15 20 minutes and just talk about what's going to happen otherwise we'll just be back next friday um but uh but yeah that's it so um listen uh, coming up here we're going to talk we're talking to um to brian maury he is the executive director of the patriots hall of fame and so we're going to kind of lead into that and we'll kind of let that play uh out into the end I had a chance tonight, um, Thursday night, to go to the speaker series at Rodney Harrison. And my God, dude, Rodney is just the coolest guy in the entire world, man. And he just, he's just the best. He's the best. I, I don't know how you cannot love the guy. And we talk about it with Brian a little bit, um, but he was just so nice and, you know, talked about how much he loves, loves the Patriots and loves, you know, being inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame. He said, and I uh, actually tweeted this out, but he was like, you know, I'll take this Hall of Fame over Canton any day, which was cool. So he's just like, you know, he doesn't even care. He, he loves it here and, and he's excited about it. And so that's Monday. And we mentioned it, too, uh, during the interview. But Monday afternoon, uh, they're doing the uh, they're doing the induction ceremony for Rodney. And typically, if you get there and you're there for the induction, at least part of it, usually at the end, Kraft will say anyone that's here. Why don't you come on into the practice in, in the stadium? Now, obviously, I can't guarantee he's going to say that, but he said that in the, the last two years. So it's possible. Um, and last year, they didn't have it in stadium practice, but two years ago, he did it, and I think the year before that, he did it as well. So, um, you know, he's been known to do that. So if you want to go to the in-stadium practice, it's a good take. You're in the stadium. I'm going to take my kids because, um, again, you get in for free. And, you know, you got to pay for concessions and everything, but that's not often you're able to go in there for free. So it's nice. Yeah, that's cool. And I, that's an awesome quote from Rodney, too. You know, that, that just means so much. And, you know, like we said in the interview with him, true patriot, uh, you know, through and through. Absolutely. So, yeah. so, anyways, we're going to get into the interview with Brian. Thanks for listening again, and we will talk to you next week. All right, we're being joined by Brian Maury, he is the executive director of the Patriots Hall of Fame, presented by Raytheon. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, no problem. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I have to say, I almost called you Brian Maury after our conversation before. I had to stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, it almost happened, I, I, but I luckily it didn't. Homework, so you know. <laughs> Um, so obviously, um, you know, Patriots practice has started, um, this is airing, uh, on Friday, but we're recording a little bit before that. Um, but the hall is going to be open, uh, during training camp, correct? So why don't you tell kind of people just a little bit about the things they can see at the hall at Patriot place. I don't know how many of the listeners out there haven't been there. If you haven't like shame on you, it's amazing. Um, but just kind of give like a little peek as to what is available to the people when they're there. Well, I think the biggest thing. Pat, for people that haven't been, is I don't think they understand what's there. I have so many first-time visitors that come in and they think they're going to walk into this room filled with some artifacts and, and move on. And, and it's two floors of very interactive exhibits, modern technology, touch screens, lots of video, great photos, great storytelling. Uh, we have a, a, a theater, 150-seat theater, that plays our signature film on a 45-foot-wide screen that really tells the story of the Patriots but also connects the fans of the region to the team. So it's a very emotional, I'd like to think, uh, 
chilling yes. type of film for a hardcore Patriots fan. And then, you know, then there's the Histon team in our building blocks exhibit. Uh, we have a New England football exhibit, which really goes into the history of football in the region. Football actually started here in New England um, on the fields of Boston Common in the 1800s with the, uh, the Oneida, which was a combination of kind of soccer and football. So, so it touches on some of that. And then when you go down on the second floor, it gets very interactive. We have, um, you know, some great storytelling in our exhibit. We call it, we call it the clubhouse. Where players sit, we recorded players just sitting down and sharing stories. So basically, if you were sitting next to the guys at a bar and just overhearing their storytelling, that's what that kind of is. Then we have our Hall of Fame gallery. We have a, a gallery called In the Moment which really looks back at specific moments in Patriots history. Uh, in this exhibit, you can go into the replay booths and review plays. The AFC Championship trophies are in this exhibit. Uh, you can kick Adam Vinatieri's snowball field goal, uh, as well as watch a four-and-a-half-minute video on that snowball playoff game back on January 19, 2002, which was the last and, very, and, and maybe the greatest game in Foxborough Stadium's history or Sullivan yeah. Schaefer, Fox Store Stadium history. I mean, just an epic game with the snow, the playoffs, the controversy, the the Vinatieri kick, which is the greatest kick in NFL history. And that's not that's not me that said that. That was Steve Sable uh, from NFL Films that called it that. And he is as as big a historian as there is or was. Well, and he's a hundred percent, hundred percent correct. Yeah, so then, so uh, you know, then you go inside the huddle, hear Tom Brady call plays, watch Bill Belichick break down plays from the playbook, you know, test your vertical, your reaction time, go in the lockers. Uh, we have replicas of the Patriots lockers where you can try on the uniforms. And then you finish in what um, is really a great exhibit. It's a Super Bowl experience. Since we've opened, we've put almost $3 million in renovations into this exhibit. Um, a, a total blowout of two exhibits after the Seattle Super Bowl win in Super Bowl 49, where we added also an area where you can make Malcolm Butler's game-crunching interception virtually, of course. Then after the win over the Falcons, we added a special area that we call Anatomy of a Comeback. It's got a 12-minute film about the comeback where we talked with Belichick and, and Edelman and Devin McCourty and Trey Flowers, and James White. And then we have great artifacts from all the Super Bowls. For example, from that Super Bowl, we have the strip sack football on display when Hightower sacked Matt Ryan. We have Julian Edelman's helmet and gloves from the catch. And we have James White's whole uniform, including the game-winning football, on display. So there's an area dedicated to each of the, of the six Super Bowl wins now. And each area has an artifact case with with, uh, you know, mementos from that Super Bowl, whether it be, for example, this year we got um, Stephon Gilmore's jersey. We have Sony Michelle's cleats, among other things. Um, you know, Tom Brady's jersey from Super Bowl 38 is in that one. And then, and then there's a touchscreen monitor in each of those displays, and you get season storylines. You get highlights from all three playoff games. You get MVP footage and speech. You get Robert Kraft accepting the Lombardi Trophy on video. It's you can go through the play-by-play and read every play in the Super Bowl. So it's 
It provides an entertaining and very historic look at each of the Super Bowl championships. And then, you know, you finish with the fifth Lombardi trophies, the Super Bowl championship rings. And finally, you can sit in the duck boat. And we have actually footage uh, of the parade shot from the duck boat. So it's kind of from the player's perspective. So it's it's really a, a highly interactive, you know, fun, entertaining experience for all ages. You know, my kids go and, and they don't read a lot. They just touch and watch. But my parents go and they want to stop and read. Mm-hmm. So we have both of those things. We have, you know, it's really for all ages, which makes it a great experience. Right. That is, That's I awesome, mean... Yeah, I was going to say, you're quite the salesman. You, I, haven't, I haven't got a chance to check out all that stuff and you had me. Uh, you had me from the beginning. That, that's I didn't know that was over there. That, that's really cool, especially the uh, the VR stuff because that's kind of well, and, you know the generation now, right? So and the um, that, that obviously so attracts a lot of people. Yeah, and the crafts are so supportive that they continue to sink uh, revenue into the building to make sure that we maintain a, a terrific fan experience. And that's why they really built the building. I mean, they wanted to preserve history and honor the greatest patriots of all time. But they also wanted to really enhance the experience at Gillette Stadium. And I think they did an amazing job and continue to work to, to do that and improve it on a regular basis. Right. Well, and it's, I mean, like you said, it's really just, it's awe-inspiring when you go in and, you know, you watch the video. And, and like you said, you know, my kids are the same way. Like, they love going in and seeing everything. And everything's interactive. And they want to play the math game. And they want to watch the video. And they're, they just get so excited to be there. And it's just to see everything and then to go in. I mean, for goodness sake, in, in the Super Bowl experience, you could spend three hours in the Super Bowl experience just watching, you know, all these video clips from each one of the Super Bowls. And not only the Super Bowls, but I believe they have video clips from the entire playoff run that year, don't they? Yeah. And so each, each we call them pods. So each Super Bowl pod has its own monitor that's dedicated to that year. And you get highlights from all the playoff games. And then there's a 16 by 9 video wall that plays 13 different vignettes. So one of them would be nine plays to a championship looking at the final drive of Super Bowl 36. One is the most physical game. Um, that's the Carolina game. Rodney Harrison right. called it the most physical game he's ever played in. From this year's Super Bowl, we did a vignette about the defense's performance, um, you know, in – the Philadelphia game, something similar, how they defended Donovan McNabb a little bit. So, you know, it takes right. a look into different elements, whether it's two-way players with Mike Vrabel and Troy Brown, um, you know, the the just slowing down the greatest show on turf in Super Bowl 36. <laughs> so, you know, there's 13 different vignettes that play on that wall, and, it, and it's really it's really a great experience. Yeah. No, it's, and it's fun. And like you said, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing about it is that you can make it what you want it to be. If you want to sit and watch and look at every single little artifact that's there, you absolutely can. There's tons of stuff there and you can read it and you can look at it and there's all sorts of different things, or you can just kind of walk through, you can kick the football, you can sit in the huddle, you can try on the helmets and the uniform. And then, you know, you can go through and do the Malcolm Butler picture and watch a few videos and then you're out of there. And so it really just depends on what you want it to be. It could be an all day experience. It could be a, you know, an hour and a half experience if that's what you wanted it to be or even less theoretically, but you know, it's just, there's so much there and there's so much history there. And you know, it's just, 
it's my favorite place. I mean, as you know, like my dad works there, my sister worked there in the past. Like I've spent a ton of time there and I just, I love it there. And the people that are working there are super knowledgeable. They know what's going on. They always like have these little tidbits of information for you and can kind of steer you in the right direction. And they're always super friendly. And it's just, it's, it's really, really a great place to go. Well, and that's really, right. that's really what yeah. helps put the, the, the cherry on top of the ice cream is our staff. I mean, they do such a great job. I think they're all pretty passionate about what they're doing. Uh, they have an interest in it. And I think that shows when they're talking to our guests. Mm. Brian, I, I must ask, um, you know, I was going to save it um, maybe a little bit towards the end, but um, it, it's something I ask people that may – you know, know him or may have had a few interactions with, and you can probably guess where I'm going with anybody who's listening. Um, <laughs> have you got the chance to meet Tom Brady? And if you did, um, you know, I'm sure he's a great guy, but, uh, it, you know, if that's well, part of your job, that's a pretty cool experience, right? Yeah, and I've been there a long time. So I started with the team. I was actually the editor of Patriots Football Weekly uh, starting right. in 1997. Yep. So I covered the team from 97 to 05. So, you know, I was down in the locker room pretty much every day. You know, I've had some chances to sit with Tom Brady and talk to him. And, and you know, even early on before he started playing, like, you know, when no one wanted to talk to him, you could be standing at his locker and shooting the breeze with him. And that to me, I always tell people, that to me is when you saw who he really was, you know, because, you know, he's just a good family person. He's got a very close-knit family with his three sisters. His parents are terrific. Um, just a great family. I think that keeps him humble. Um, and then, you know, I mean, he obviously became, you know, the greatest in history, A-list celebrity. And so you, you have to change some of the way you go about things. Um, you have to put some walls up because you can no longer go out in public without being, you know, crowded with people who want your autograph, who want a piece. So. So I think that has to change you somewhat. But I think deep down that he's the same, you know, sixth-round pick that came out of Michigan back in 2000. And I know that's hard to believe given his celebrity lifestyle, his his wife who's a supermodel and, and all of that. But I just think, you know, the reason he has remained great is because he never forgot who he was. And right. so he, you know, he was the type of guy that would stop you in the parking lot and, and ask you about your family. Now, I don't think he would do that today because, again, he has to have a wall up. I think he has to assume that everybody wants something from him. But, you know, I had a chance. I did a feature story with him after Super Bowl 38 when they beat Carolina. And we sat down, and he went through every play of the final drive and broke it down. And just talking to him back then, about his state of mind, you know, kind of gives you some insight into why he's so successful. Like, you know, one of the things I asked him back then is, Tom, did nerves ever become a part of it? I mean, the Super Bowl is on the line, right? These are things you dream about as a kid. And he said, no, because we're prepared. We're fully prepared. He goes, I've done all my preparation. I know what they're going to run in the two-minute situation. I know what we're going to run. We've practiced it. I know we're going to be successful. And I firmly believe we're going to win the game. So there's no reason to be nervous. Yeah. And so that's, you know, kind of, he kind of, he's talking about players who perform in big spots. And I think they perform in big spots because they stay the same. They never feel the pressure. Mm. 
You know, they don't they don't have to elevate because they just stay the same. They trust their preparation. They remain calm while everybody else's sensories are up, you know, and so they're able to perform. The game doesn't speed up for them in those situations. The game, you know, is the same. Where other guys, it speeds up. Right. No, it makes sense. It does make sense. I mean, you and you see it. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's happened one time. And we've talked about it here on the show before. Like he's got Tom Brady in the fourth quarter of the game or take the lead. I mean, it's ridiculous, you know. And and you just talk about even just the Super Bowl. Like he's done it. He's just done it over and over and over and over again. And it's like, yeah. And it's all they talk about is their preparation. Yeah. It's yeah. Amazing. Well, that's the best part is that the Seattle one was the greatest one ever. And then two years later, it's like everyone forgot about the Seattle one. So, but you know, it is what it is. So let's talk about you for a second. I know. So you were with the team, like you said, you were, you were with the PFW in 97 to 2005. Is 97 when they started PFW or were they, were they running that before that? No, they, they started it in 95, Fred Kirsch, in uh, who, who was the publisher of the paper. He went to the craft. They started a full-color weekly newspaper. Um, the first couple of years, they really just kind of did it with, with interns and just kept it together. And then in 97, um, I started in April, and Mike Reese started in June. And we worked <laughs> together for a couple of years. Uh, at the same time, we started the nightly digital webcast on Patriots.com, which we're going back now. These were like 28 8 KBTS uh, streaming <laughs> videos where you know, it would buffer every three seconds and the screen right. was about uh, an inch by an inch on your computer screen. And, but we were doing it every day and we were ahead of the curve on it. And that really yeah. evolved into you know, what they do today from a content perspective on Patriots.com, which you know, is a credit to Fred, because Fred oversees all of that. But all of the staff he's hired, whether it's Paul Perillo and Andy Hart and Eric Scalavino that do the writing, or the social media staff of Lauren Spencer and Cecily Fianza and Christy Berkeley before her, and, and downstairs with Craft Sports Productions with the, the crew down there. And over the years, it's been Brian Lowe and um, Megan O'Brien now and David Crisoli. And there's so many people that have had their thumbprint on the content production that, that they've produced down there. I mean, it's really an ama- it's been an amazing thing to be a part of, and I was part of that really till 2005, and then left and went to Providence and did sports radio for two years, and then when the hall was under construction, I came back in, in my current role. Right. Now, was there? I mean, I was. Did they ask you to come back, or was that something where you said, you know, that I want to be a part of, you know, what's going on over there? Um, they reached out to me just to kind of test the water to see if I'd be interested in coming back. And I think, you know, at that point it was very early on and I said, sure, you know, and, and I would certainly think about that because it was, it was a a whole new project. It was something that was outside of my comfort zone. In fact, when I, when it, when it started to, to really gain speed, I was talking to Jonathan Kraft and, uh, I said to him, you realize I have no idea what I'm doing, right? <laughs> and he said, and he said, you'll learn. And that was part of just knowing the culture within the company, um, you know, knowing the expectations, the championship level of work, the craft expects, 
And so, you know, that to me was exciting to come in and learn something new and really uh, build something from the ground up that they were invested in. Yeah. Well, it shows the face of the faith that they had in you as well to know that you really didn't know what you were doing and you weren't an expert in the field, but, but you, you know, they trusted you to kind of, you know, get this thing up and running and, uh, you know, and take it to where it's gone to today, which I feel like, you know, is, I mean, I haven't been to the other, I haven't been anywhere else. So I don't, I can't like speak as far as like what it is compared to other teams. But I mean, I can't imagine there's a, a team in the league that has a better haul than this one. Um, well, I only know you know, and maybe that's not true, NFL but I don't know. Teams. Yeah, there's three other NFL teams that, that have them. Um, the Packers, who mm-hmm. were the first, and they recently, a couple, within the last two years, really gutted their whole place and redid the whole thing. I have not seen that. The 49ers have one within Levi Stadium, which is actually very similar to ours. They visited us four times. Um, they use the same architects, the same integrators, the same AV production folks. Um, so theirs has a, has a very similar feel to ours, only six years newer. So there's some different technology in there that they've implemented, and, and they really Got did it, a great man. job. And the Vikings just opened one recently, and I have not seen that one. So that one's out by their practice facility. Um, but I, I'm sure that they did a great job. I think they, you know, they had a very high level of commitment with it. And um, so the teams that have done it really have done a great job with it. Our old curator, Brent Hensel, is the curator for the Packers Hall of okay. Fame now. Um, so I, I, and I've talked to him, and well, he's from out there. So he, it was for him, it was kind of a dream job to go back home. I'm sure, and, yeah. And, you know, he raves about their renovation project. Oh, nice. Well, that's nice. I'm, oh, Brian, I'm sure. I, I must ask. Ooh, I'm sorry, Pat. So, so sorry, Pat, to cut off, and, I, and I'm sure we we're, you know, we were kind of shifting over this, um, you know, to kind of, you know, and and the, you know, towards the end of the show. But I must ask, what the the events going on on Monday with Rodney Harrison um, being inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame? I had an opportunity to be um, on Eaton Shander's show from SB Nation. He's also on 97.3 ESPN in Philly. Um, and one of the questions he asked me kind of, you know, he didn't come out and say it, he kind of hinted at it, um, was, you know, the, a little bit of a question mark on Rodney Harrison and the Patriots Hall of Fame kind of asked me my opinion on him. And I was like, dude, he's one of my favorite Patriot players ever, especially, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. I said, Rodney gets this bad rep. He talks about it in his football life. How uh, He got that reputation of a dirty player, you know, got popped for the steroids and stuff like that. But when he came into New England, I mean, he was, the centerstone of you know of that great defense of that dynasty, um, and you know he was on that you know nineteen eighteen and one team uh, that people forget about. Obviously, with the acts that happened in that game and him being a, a big part of that. But I was like, you know, this guy's awesome, and I you know speak of him as a person and player. I mean, he's he's well deserving of this wow. red jacket that he's about to receive. And, and I would tell you this: so when you look at Rodney, he came here in two thousand three. And five days before the start of that season, Lawyer Malloy was down. And they went to Buffalo and lost 31 to nothing. And, you know, that team rallied, and one of the players they rallied around was Rodney. And his teammates, you know, went to Coach Belichick, and they wanted him to be a captain right out of the gate. So that tells you the respect level that his teammates had for him inside the locker room. And nobody was more intense. He was an inspirational leader. He was not afraid to say what needs to be said, both publicly and privately. 
Um, his his ability and intensity on the field it was unrivaled. Put it this way: when they were playing, when they were playing Indianapolis, he went to Bill and he said, "I got Dallas Clark." When they were playing Kansas City, he said, "I got Tony Gonzalez," and he did. And that's what he wanted. He wanted that challenge. He accepted that challenge, and he met that challenge. And so when you look at those back-to-back Super Bowl championship teams in 03 and 04, I mean, he's at the top of the list in terms of impact players on those clubs. Um, and then, you know, like you said, he was part of the undefeated team. Obviously, you know, that David Tyree catch. I mean, that was – that's a freak play. I mean, they got the quarterback sack. He keeps the ball up in the air. A special yeah. teamer who doesn't – who can't really catch. Catches the ball on his head <clears throat> while being tucked down to the ground. And you know, that that wasn't, you know, my intention or I don't think his No, I, either, no, I know that. I know she, that. No, I know. But and I, I know what you're saying. And it's like, that was just, it's just such a crappy ending to such a great and career. Think, Cause you see that picture everywhere and you see 37, oh, right. but you know, it, it know. sucks that he has that on his reputation, but I mean, no one, you know, what's, everybody, you know what, anybody in, in New England nation or a Patriots fan is, is like so happy for Rodney because he did well, deserve it. You know, what's great about that moment. I think, first of all, I think it's crazy that if Rodney wasn't there, it's probably a drop because, you know, he hits Rodney's leg first. So his head doesn't smack against the ground. If Rodney's not there, his head probably hits the ground first and the ball comes loose, which is just, you know, whatever. It just, what are you going to do? But right. when he, when David Tyree wrote a book, because he was he almost committed suicide, um, you know, a, a few years before that, uh, he was very depressed and everything came out of it. And when he wrote a book, Rodney Harrison wrote the forward to the book. And, you know, they asked him about it, and he said, like, look, this is part of, it's part of football history, and it's, and, you know, it's part of this, you know, this guy's story, and I'm forever linked to that. And, you know, what he has to say is important. And, you know, and I, I wanted to that. kind of That's shed awesome. light on, on what was so – it just shows you, That's again, awesome. you know, the type of player that Rodney is. And, look, there are two guys in the history of the NFL that have 30 sacks and 30 interceptions, two. And that's it. It's Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison. And those are the only two guys I was going to say Ed Reed. So, I was going to say Ed Reed. Yeah. Too. No, Ed Reed has a bunch of picks but doesn't have the sacks. And so it's like – He's the only he, – he's – there are two guys in the history well, of the NFL that have 30, that have 30 and 30. And for him to not be in the – for him to not be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame is a joke. We have a video opinion. of Teddy – we have a video of Teddy Brewski talking about him in the Hall of Fame gallery. And he says, you know, need a guy – need an, uh, need an edge rusher? Rodney will do it. Need a guy to do this? Rodney will do it. Need a guy to do that? Rodney will do it. And yeah. that's what he was. He was so versatile and so impactful on those teams and played the biggest in the big games. Interception yeah. for touchdown in the 04 AFC Championship game, 80 something yards against Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. Picks off Peyton Manning a couple times, once in the end zone, um, you know, like just in playoff games, forcing the, the Marvin Harrison fumble in Ty Law's three interception game. You know, I mean, it was just two interceptions against the Eagles in Super Bowl 39, including the one that clinched the game at the end. Just with big play after big play after big play on the biggest stage with the lights on. And just just an amazing football player um, and, and a great leader. And we also have Leon Gray going in as well. Yeah. Who, Leon Gray, who played left tackle in, in the 70s uh, alongside John Hanna. John's actually coming up. 
um, to oh, represent great. Leon and, and speak on Monday on Leon's behalf. Leon's no longer with us. Um, unfortunately, died at a younger age. But but Leon, you know, John talks about him as you know as good a left tackle as he ever saw. Um, you know that they were together on the left side of that line in 1976 when they averaged over 200 yards rushing per game, and in 1978 when they rushed for an NFL record 2,165 yards as a team. You know, Steve Grogan talks about him, never worried about pass protection. You know, left left the Patriots, at, you know, in a contract squabble um, and went to Houston and became the offensive lineman of the year in the NFL while playing for the Oilers. So just, just a terrific athletic left tackle who really dominated for a stretch of time while playing for the Patriots and, and together with John Hanna formed one of the best left sides of an offensive line in NFL history. So, you know, Ernie Adams, who's on the coaching staff, is on our Hall of Fame committee that helps pick the three finalists for them stands nominate. And, you know, he talks about Leon and Rodney in such glowing fashion. And he coached with Chuck Fairbanks here in, in New England in the 70s when Leon was playing as well as obviously with Coach Belichick to Rodney's career. So he's got an amazing perspective on it. And, and you know, so when he talks about it, I think everyone in that room listens. And he speaks so highly of both. And, and obviously, Leon went in this year as a senior committee, um, you know, in Shrine and Rodney won the fan vote. And the fan vote is becoming, you know, more and more challenging with Richard Seymour to oh, yeah. this year. And Richard Seymour is a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, he, he's a lock to be in our Hall of Fame. And, and, and so it shows you, you know, the fans can be fickle, I think, a little bit in terms of, you know, Richard was traded to Oakland, didn't finish his career here. So maybe some people kind of hold that against him. But he's obviously an outstanding candidate who will be in our Hall of Fame someday as well. And so I think the fans have their work cut out for them going forward with a lot of impactful players off the championship team. But it's no, amazing that the craft allow the fans to be a part of it, both part of the selection process. And then also on Monday, it's a free ceremony open to the public. Starts at 4.30 right outside the Hall of Fame. Um, it's really a great experience. We have 10 Hall of Famers coming back for it. Over 50 alumni will be present for the ceremony, um, and then, you know, Coach Belichick is expected to speak, uh, and then at the end, we have a panel, and William McGinnis and Ty Law, Teddy Bruschi, and actually Rodney's buddy who played with him for a year here, and played with him in San Diego, Fred McCrary, will be on the oh, panel, so we're sure to get some funny stories out of that as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's so great. And you mentioned Leon Gray. I was going to actually talk about him, but uh, you mentioned 76 and 78. 77, John, uh, Steve Grogan was sacked 14 times in 1977. Right. So, I mean, you talk about I mean, a dominant you know. offensive line. I mean, Jesus. So, um, and, yeah, a lot of The rush for 3,168 yards, I don't think that ever gets broken now with the way <laughs> they play today. No. No, I mean, that's just foolish. And that's, you know, and like you said, part of that is because they don't play that way anymore. But then again, if you could dominate that much on the ground, you could play that way. If you could actually dominate that way. And I don't think anyone could dominate that way, you know, the way well, they you know, did back then. Steve Grogan was given some leeway to call plays during his career. And I'm sure there were plenty of times when John Hanna came into the huddle and said, just run behind me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it. Whatever we need, I mean, we'll get it. 
I, I don't mind listening to him. So, uh, you know, talking about the best that ever, that ever did it. But, um, all right. So I think, you know, we're kind of wrapping up here, uh, Monday night. So Monday, the hall, will the hall be open in the morning, like up until the presentation? Uh, yeah, and the then there's a be open until seven o'clock when the in-stadium practice begins. Oh, okay. So it won't be open well, after the in-stadium practice. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Okay. So it'll be open until seven. Okay. So will it be, it won't be open during the ceremony though. Will it? Yeah, I mean, no. exactly, but no one goes in. Yeah, but no one It's such right. a great ceremony. But, but you right. know, during training camp, you know, we're open 10 to 6 right now, Monday through Friday, 10 to 9 on Saturday, and 10 to 7 on Sunday. If you have any questions, you can obviously give us a call at 508-698-4800 or go to our website, which is thehallatpatriotplace.com. Yeah. No, it's a great place. And, you know, for, for people. I, I, I stand corrected. I think it's it's PatriotsHallOfFame.com. PatriotsHallOfFame.com. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, for people that are there, if you're making the trip down for practice anyways, and you're there already, it's just, it's an absolute no-brainer for you. You know, just walk right over. It's there. It's right there. So you just, you know, you walk right over, and you go in, and it's it's just a fantastic experience. Um, you know, and, and something certainly for first-timers, if you haven't been there before, definitely try to get in there, especially now with the six – you know, we have the six Super Bowls, and that video at the beginning is just, oh, my God. Every, every single time I watch it, I've watched it a hundred times, right? And every time I watch it, I get tingles, and it. it's crazy. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. And, you know, the craft have never raised the price. It's $10 to get in for adults, $5 for kids, you know, 12 and younger, or younger than 12, I stand corrected, younger than 12, $7 to seniors and we and active military and veterans with proper ID get free admission. So it's right. very modestly priced. We've never raised it in 11 years. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it's well worth it. Sometimes someone comes in and they're questioning, I said, if you don't enjoy it, I'll give you $10 back. Right. right. No one's no, ever asked. Yeah, no, because if you're a Patriots fan, you're going to enjoy it. And even I've seen people that aren't Patriots fans that are walking in there because there are oh, things. Yeah, definitely that aren't just Patriots oriented. And it's, it's, it's really a great take. So before I let you go, I do have a question for you. Cause you were talking about Tom Brady and talking about all these other guys. Have you ever been starstruck by anyone that's walked in? I mean, obviously you've dealt with other players. And so you know, the players don't necessarily, you know, don't necessarily blow you away, but has there ever been a guy that walked in or a girl that walked in and you're like, Whoa, I can't believe that person's here. Okay. So if, if I was ever going to say I was starstruck, I, I, I'm not sure I would phrase it that way, but it was, it has nothing to do with the, with the Patriots team. So back in 05, uh, the Red Sox season opener, um, I went to cover that for Patriots.com and I went up to Fenway Park and I sat in a room before the game with the four people throwing out the first pitch. It was Brewski and Seymour, which, eh, whatever, I see those guys all the time, and Bobby <laughs> Orr and Bill Russell. Oh my and God. I sat. Yes. And I sat in a room. Now That's I never awesome. saw Bobby. That's so Orr. cool. I never. Not a lot of people yeah, can I never, say that too. Well, and I never saw Bobby Orr or Bill Russell play. Um, yeah. But obviously, know the legend. Oh and yeah. So of I course. sat in that room. I sat in that room for an hour and a half before the game with those four guys, and Bill Russell was just telling stories that I was, I was, you know, awestruck listening oh, to him. Yeah. And, I, and, and Bobby Orr, I got to play catch with Bobby Orr. He was nervous about throwing out the first pitch and I was shocked he had never done it before so I tossed the baseball around with Bobby Orr and then as I'm walking down because I went behind the flags with them I followed them through the whole process I'm standing up against the green monster behind the American flag 
But before that, because that was the day the Red Sox got their World Series rings after breaking the jinx um, oh, right. and, and, and winning in 04. And so they had all these former Red Sox players down under the left field wall. And my favorite player as a kid growing up was Fred Lynn. And so I was like, I'm walking down with Orrin Russell and Bruski and Seymour, and I go, oh, my God, it's Fred Lynn. That's and I great. I didn't go over and say anything to him, but I was kind of a little, a little starstruck with Freddie Lynn because he was my favorite when I was about seven years old. That's awesome. That is, I mean, that's a heck of a list. I'll tell you that much, man. That's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I mean, that's pretty awesome. So, so Brian, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun talking to you, and uh, and, and hopefully we'll get some yeah, get some first timers into that hall, man. It's uh, it's it really is a great take, and it's one of those places that I'm passionate about, and. I just anytime I talk to anyone that's a Patriots fan, I'm always like, "Have you been to the hall before?" And they're like, "No." I'm like, "You need to go. Like, it's it's just amazing." So, um, so we appreciate the time, and uh, we're looking forward to Monday. I know I'll be there Monday. Um, I'm not sure about Spags. He's got a he's a working man. I I get the summers off as a teacher, so <laughs> uh, uh, so I'll, I know I'll Don't be there. <laughs> well, this well, kid I just graduated college, guys. I appreciate the endorsement and love, and uh, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon, Brian. All right, guys. See you later.